Hi there, and welcome to the inaugural NJAC podcast. My name is Alex Grams, and my partner host is Shay Anjoya. We are both mechanical alumni of the Engineering in Alberta program, and we are really excited to bring you a couple alumni today that are going to share their stories with you. And going forward, this podcast is going to share stories of other alumni, it's going to connect on some of the topics that uh, alumni like yourselves have raised to us, and it's going to provide a forum for us to have an ongoing conversation. This podcast is proudly sponsored by TD Insurance, and we look forward to seeing where this podcast takes us. Alrighty, welcome to our very first NJAC uh, Professional Development and Mentorship Podcast. We've got two really interesting guests here tonight in Shay Sharma and Eric O, who are both graduates um, that entered into the workforce in uncertain times and overcame different types of adversity to have success in their career. Uh, Shan and I are gonna be your hosts tonight, and we're really excited about this opportunity to reach out and connect with young alumni and provide a little bit of insight into how you might be able to handle some of the uncertainty and economic challenges that you're facing if you've recently graduated um, or you're, you have the prospect of graduating quickly. Um, first off, we wanna start off with a little bit of an icebreaker for each of our guests here tonight. And we're gonna start with Shay and maybe just a, a quick yes or no. Um, when you look back at when you entered into engineering, is this what you expect? Uh, when I entered, sorry, when I started engineering at the U of A or when I graduated and entered engineering? When, when, you, when you first entered into uh, the U of A, is, yeah. is what you do now what you expected that you'd be doing as an engineer? No, 100% no. <laughs> Um, when I started out, um, I'm originally from Dubai, and I thought, you know what, I get my petroleum engineering degree, and I'm going to go back and work in Dubai, but now I own my own startup, and I'm still in Edmonton, so it's a completely different path that I ended up taking, so absolutely no. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, there's, there's a lot of people that I think kind of go in without a, a firm understanding of where they want to be, and yeah. Yeah. it's really interesting to hear where people end up. Yeah. And Eric, maybe uh, jumping over to you, um, when you went into engineering, did you have a, a specific target field in mind, or did you have an idea of where you wanted to end up? Not particularly. I think um, it was after probably second year um, that I decided um, which route I would go, because um, I would agree, like going into um, going into first year, I had no idea what what it would look like in terms of career or what, um, you know, the tangibles in terms of task and whatnot I would do as a career. So, um, you know, going, looking back, it's no, I didn't know what I was doing going in, uh, but, you know, there was some clarity as, as I progressed through school. And so the, there's a bit of comfort in knowing that you, you kind of figure out what you like and what you don't like. And then from there, it kind of drives um, where you end up. Excellent. So, so maybe the way I want to start off here is to, to get a bit of a, a bio from each of you as well. Just kind of introduce yourself to our, our listeners and explain a bit about what made the uh, economic time that you graduated in a little bit less than ideal and kind of a quick run through of, of how you were able to face some of those challenges and what your start of your career looked like. Uh, maybe we'll start with Shay here. Well, um... So yeah, I graduated um, from the Petroleum Engineering Program um, in late 2017. And um, during that time, any engineer, whether it was a petroleum or a mechanical or a chemical, there, there was just no job for you. Um, and 
I realized that pretty quick in early 2017. And um, during that time, I started talking to a couple of my friends and some professors, and uh, we were trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to move forward, knowing that when we graduate, there's no work for us. Um, and that's why in my last semester in 2017, me and six other classmates decided to start a company um, right out of the U of A. Um, and our first company called Nexolve was focused on doing some engineering consulting and you know trying to figure out different ways uh, new engineers or engineers in training can come in and work on some large projects, uh, whether it's data analysis or just going through different processes with more senior engineers. So that's sort of how I spent my first year and a half um, after, after graduation. So that was like 2017 to about early 2019. And then um, in June of 2019, I started another company with two other founders called Blue Jarvis Technologies. And I'm currently the founder and CEO of that company. And I've been working on that um, for the past year. And um, I thought 2017 was hard and then COVID-19 <laughs> happened and that has completely thrown my entire business and startup uh, game up in the air and I've been trying to pick up pieces and it's been going pretty well. Like we've actually just hired someone on to help us. Um, so it's stabilizing a little bit now, but um, yeah, like the ups and downs from 2017 to now have been the only thing that's been constant, to be honest, um, are the ups and downs. But that is, yeah, that's in short um, my kind of summary of where I've been. Well, I can definitely tell you I have a lot of questions, but maybe we can get Derek go into his bio and then we'll yeah. it's for both of you. Awesome. Sure. So <clears throat> I graduated in 2004. So it's that it appears that I'm the resident old guy here. Um, I graduated with a electrical um, and, you know, when I graduated, I, um, I thought that I would uh, be looking for a, a job in the utility sector and mainly because my specialty I went to power systems so there was kind of this um, desire or expectation that I would end up in the uh, the utilities uh, but that didn't happen so after following graduation um, you know I, I think back and I can't recall if um, economically it was challenging but it did take me about a year to find work so um, there was a year gap between graduation and work where, um, you know, I, I think it was more of a figuring out what my career is going to look like. So I actually ended up doing, um, finding a job with an oil and gas technology company, and I was doing electronics design. So um, for those electricals, you know, there's a vast difference between um, power systems and electronics, um, but that's where I ended up. So for five and a half years, I did um, electronics design. So that's the hardware, uh, firmware um, for oil and gas tools. And then after that, I was fortunate that um, I did find a job in the utilities and I've been there for over 10 years now. So um, I did end up where I thought I would, but it wasn't the most traditional route to get there. Maybe diving into a, a few of the questions there, I think you both kind of um, face different bits of uncertainty, and either one of you can jump at this. But how do you how do you maintain a positive mindset um, as you're dealing with some of the the ebbs and flows that you did, Shay, or or Eric, um, when you're you're unemployed for a year, and I'm sure there were opportunities that you looked at that didn't work out. 
how do you stay positive through that? Um, I, I think the biggest thing that really helped me um, just, I, I would say, believe in my ideas and myself were the group of people I surrounded myself with. So a lot of um, people that were graduating at that same time, um, I, I don't know if there was sort of a entrepreneurship bug going around or something like that, but everyone was like, yeah, we're going to start our own thing or yeah, we're going to do this. So there's a lot of that kind of momentum that I built up. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of communication around that. So even though there was um, the job market wasn't open or there wasn't enough uh, positions out there, there was this belief in yourself um, that was very evident in like all of the conversations I was having. So that really helped propel that initial business idea. Even though, you know, we were young, we didn't really know what we're, you know, what we're doing, but we decided to just take the plunge and do it anyways, right? So I guess, yeah, right kind of people and then having that fundamental belief in yourself um, really, really helped initially at least, <laughs> yeah. I think for, for myself, it was, um, uh, I, I, I would agree that it's a belief in yourself and understanding that, um, you know, things will come eventually. And, um, you know, I, I, everyone who graduated is, you're smart, you're, you're, you're smart. Um, and, you know, you, you can problem solve, you can figure things out. Um, and to some, it comes easy to others, you know, you put some work in and I've always been the type where I have to put the work in to actually, um, uh, figure things out or do things well. So, um, for myself, it was, you know, uh, understanding that if, as long as I put the work in, it will come. And, um, I, I'm a believer in, in the hard work, the old school <laughs> hard work, um, mentality where, you know, if you, if you put the effort in, um, eventually things will sort itself out and, um, you know, when you're not working and you, you know, you have a degree and you're working like a part-time job, I work part-time at Starbucks for a year. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a humbling experience because it's not what you expect, but on the flip side, there's, there's so much you can learn from, um, just not having what you think you should have. And, um, you know, looking back, I can say, Hey, everything worked out great, but being in it is obviously very tough and very hard. So for those of you who are, who are looking for, um, for work and not finding it, you know, it, it's going to be challenging and it's going to be, um, uh, you know, it, I use a term loosely, but it'll be a bit depressing and a bit um, disheartening, but, you know, in, in the end, um, I, I found this, you know, put, put your expectations aside, um, work hard and then, you know, things will work out. And, um, it's, it's hard when you're in it. And I, 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 it's easy for me to say, say that when, um, you know, I've come out on the other end of it, but, um, that's kind of how I stayed positive through it is, you know, work hard and things will just find a way to work itself out. You know what, Eric, I totally understand what you're saying because I've seen even in like the startup or business side of things, the ability to stay humble towards your goal and not get taken over by you know what potentially could happen or your five or ten year goal of what your business is going to be um, is so so crucial because when you start having these unattainable expectations um, you start feeling completely crap about yourself and I think I went through that the first year and a year, year and a half where I thought okay by this time I should have had these many clients or I need to be known by these many people but you just that that doesn't 
necessarily always happen and you need to be grounded and very humble in knowing that you know you're not going to achieve everything the way you said you would achieve um so yeah i, I completely understand what you're saying that makes sense to me yeah um eric just to kind of going back you know based on what you're saying with with your experience you know you you're looking to get into utilities like you mentioned but you ended up getting into electronics design at what point did you realize that you may have to pivot the way you did or was that an easy call to make was that was that something that you had to pursue after a year's time of not finding work was it um because i my background is mechanical so I, I don't know much about the electrical side but when you're saying you're special especially when you're specializing in power systems at what point did you realize that you had to pivot to electronics um, and that you know, your expectation of getting to utilities was, was not maybe, uh, was maybe delayed. Um, I think a big part of it was, um, I, I mentioned it before, but it's the mindset of not, um, not seeking out the things that you expect. So um, early on, I, I kind of had a feel of um, where the utility space was, and it, it definitely wasn't a place where it was easy to get into. Um, and so, the pivot I think was at least for me was very early where I was open to any opportunity um, and open to learn uh, something different than what I thought I wanted to do initially um, and so when the opportunity came for me it was an easy like just jump on it and 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 learn right so um, I, I don't know how to compare it mechanically but I, I would yeah, say well I mean yeah. it, it, it goes to show that like you know you, you went in with the mindset you went in with a certain flexibility um, that you know you're what you're establishing or what you're acquiring throughout your undergraduate degrees a certain skill set work ethic um, and so on and so forth but I guess you know sounds like you went in with the mindset of I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get my foot in the door I'm gonna try and um, get myself out there get my name out there um, and, and again, not being so tied down on, on your specialty, which, you know, when I graduated or when I was going to the undergrad, I, I seen a lot of people who are, you know, throughout their third, fourth, even their second year, were so set on a certain industry, were so set on a certain uh, field, where that's why I, I thought I, I bring it up is that, you know, you're saying you're open to the whole you went in with the mindset of being open to any everything and that you make that sound easy but a lot of people actually struggle with that because they, they put in the three or four years of hard work and then they come out expecting um to get that task or get into that field and oftentimes they're they're so they're, they're going in with such blinders that um that they don't pursue anything else and, and they just kept you know, keep getting delayed and falling back so that's great that you, you went in with that mindset it's, it's interesting when you're later in your career um, that just that mindset will change things for you. So um, the, I, I don't know what it is with under, maybe because I'm pretty sure I was there, but with, with undergrad, it's very focused and specific and um, you're very goal oriented in terms of career. But once you start working, I, I found that um, it's not about doing one thing super well. It's about being very um, broad. So yeah and it's so different like when you when we think of how school what school teaches us is to be very specific whereas in the workplace i found the more 
uh, broadly educated you are or in terms of taking on self-learning um, things, um, I found that it helps me develop my career. Um, and, you know, I stayed in the same specialty for a long time, but, you know, this is probably news to everyone, but um, I'll be switching, switching specialties um, in the coming week. So um, within the same company moving groups and, you know, I, I'm 15, what, over 15 years in my career and still switching and learning. And that's one thing that I've um, kind of understood to be very good because it keeps me engaged and interested and it's all about learning new things. So um, I, maybe that's just, uh, uh, go, go ahead. I was just gonna say, both of you have kind of made a couple different switches in your careers. And what are some of the ways that you, um, when you're moving into a new role, that you get educated on that field um, or the ins and outs of whether it's a technical skill set or getting to know the industry? Um, what, what are some of the, the tools or resources that you use? Um, I think for, for me, it's more of um, talking to the people within that industry. So if I'm trying to understand, um, if I'm building a product or doing a service or just getting to understand the industry better, my first steps are to figure out someone on LinkedIn that has been working in that industry for maybe two to five years, whatever, and have a quick meeting with them and ask a very general question, like not sell them anything, not try to do anything like that, but just get to know them on a very fundamental level as to why they are in this industry, what do they like about this, and then take those um, insights and try and replicate that for whatever need I have, whether it's like I'm creating a solution or I'm just trying to uh, have this map of what this industry means to me. So it's always like, I. I I, what I've seen is I think people give you really good advice, especially when you're not trying to sell them anything. <laughs> um, they generally are very open and they want to tell, you know, their stories and talk about why, um, you know, what their journey has been like. And especially if you're younger, um, for all the new um, EITs coming uh, from U of A, like if you're younger, people are so open to sort of nurturing and guiding you uh, when you come from the perspective of just learning. Like you need to be very open learning and not saying I, I've spent four years you know studying this I know everything like that needs to be out the window you just have to listen to a mindset of I'm here to learn and actually listen about what you have to say so I yeah I generally just go to people and then obviously Google <laughs> uh, but more people yeah you, you touch on something important there, Shay, which is, you know networking and getting involved and that's something is important clearly to both of you guys is you know, Eric talking about industry involvement and engagement, and then same with yourself, Shay, is the networking and, and really, and that's something personally I can speak of is that, you know, because of the group of friends that I went through school with was, is important to us as a group, but um, was not, I felt necessarily my priority, my focus when I was going through school, because my, my focus throughout school was to you know, study and get, go to my labs, my exams and, and get everything done on, on the time that I needed to, my deliverables and, and so on and so forth. Whereas the networking kind of started to take the back burner. No, I, I completely understand because I think that was my sort of experience where networking had such an ugly, I don't know, environment or, or connotation to it, where I just moved away from 
even trying to do that because it felt like you're trying to be salesy. Like, you know, that salesman that's kind of pushed. I'm pushing Shay on to every like husky, fun core person. Like, but that's not what it is. Like, what I realized is like networking. And sorry if I'm cutting you off. I, I know you were. No, 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 no. This that's a point of discussion. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And what I realized is networking is really about showcasing your interests in a way that connects with another person. So for you, in order to network well, you need to just go develop interests. Like if you enjoy tennis and you like watching Serena Williams play like 24 hours a day, just go do that and then talk about it well with someone that you want to connect with. So having like that um, uh, constant learning and constant interest searching for yourself and you connect it in a way that that is your passion and then you speak about it well. So that's sort of what I've realized networking is. It's not you're not giving business cards. It's more of like you're making friends in a workplace kind of scenario is what I've, I've realized. Eric, I, I don't know if you see it the same way, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I think going through school, I would say networking, I always throw on the back burner too. And the, you know, part of it was I'm, I'm introverted. So the, the thought of having to spend time talking with other people, it was just ridiculous to me. Um, but as I moved into my career, um, you know, I still maintain that mindset, but then I find it, it changed. And I would agree with you, Shay, that it, um, it, it didn't turn into what we think networking is, but it turned into um, just something more natural. So as we, as you speak, you know, the technical talk with other engineers or whether it's with other managers or whatever, whatever it looks like, I think it's, it, Networking to me is the relationship building in, in a workplace and in a, in a community. And it could be technical or non-technical. And I think that's where um, maybe it's a miss in, in school or something that I miss in school, but definitely it's, it's, it's not what, what I perceived it was before. And it plays such a key role in like career development and um, just kind of getting off on the right foot. It can definitely be intimidating, can it? remember being in second year and you going up to someone, let's say it was a public speaker and you've been in the industry for 10, 15 years. Um, I can see, well, it can definitely be a very intimidating thing to go up, especially like you said, Eric, it, you have this, you know, perceived idea of you're going to go up and it's, it's going to become straight technical. And then right off the bat, you're going to feel like you don't belong in that conversation and so on and so forth. But it's, it's so not that to, to both of your points is, so much more about coming in with the position of, hey, you know, I, I admire what you're doing. This is something that I could see myself doing. Is there anything, any tips you can give me, any, anyone you can connect me with? And that's a scary thing. And that's something that's not necessarily taught um, in school is that you have to be able to take that, take that step. And most often it's not as bad as you might, you know, think in your head is that most people like to the chances are if someone's there, they're looking to help somebody out and everyone feels good. Like, look what we're doing now, right? We have people that are in the industry and they're looking to share and give some feedback and advice on people who are recently coming out of school um, in the hopes that uh, they can have an advantage going into the field. So it's, it can be for sure. Uh, one thing I was going to ask you, Eric, is you're saying, you know, you're, you're more of an introvert through school. Would you have any advice, I guess, to people that are in that position right now? Would you have any, any pointers for them? Um, would you have maybe advised them to do it anyway? Would you advise them to maybe network, but in a, in a slightly different fashion? 
you have any words for them? Yeah, so I, I'm, always, I'm of the thought, and I'm not going to say I'm right or wrong, um, but if you're an introvert, you're an introvert. And so, um, but that doesn't mean that you don't, that uh, excuses you from, um, from networking or interacting with other people because um, in, you know, especially in a workplace, communication is so important. And um, whether it's you, um, you communicating out or you listening, it's both equally important. And so for, for the introvert like myself, I think naturally just, at least for me, it was a confidence piece where um, I may not be confident in what I know, and compared to the person beside me, I know I know less than them, so I shouldn't say anything. But um, I think there's still a, a piece where you still need to engage and show interest. And so that's where the introvert side of me has to stop. And you just kind of move past it and move forward. Because, um, you know, the, there are those who remain quiet all the time. And it works for some people. It works in some job roles. Um, but in terms of being able to develop further out of that I think it, it's it's definitely required so just for the introvert is you gotta you gotta get over it and um, it's not it's not to say um, you know you got to be uh, proud or, or cocky or anything like that it's just just be yourself and, and speak and I, I guarantee it so um, when I interact with younger engineers I know you know there's a bit of nervousness or hesitation uh, simply because there's you know a, a vast difference in experience but I'll tell you what, it's um, the one who comes to, to oh, it's my, my daughter. <laughs> but the ones that come to actually talk and try to learn, I, I, I tell you, it's like, I'll help and people will help you no matter what. And it's just about engaging because, um, you know, I don't know that you want to learn unless you tell me you want to learn something or you want, you want to hear something. So um, that's kind of where you just got to get past it as an introvert. So that's that that's and that's very important. I mean, I, I, that's probably a huge takeaway for people listening right now that have recently graduated. Is it, it is exactly that confidence comes. Can I just add another comment? Um, yeah. That? Yeah. So um, I, I'm not introverted, but I I work with uh, my technical co-founder is introverted. So what I've realized, which may be a little unorthodox, um, but if you are introverted, you should. Get an extroverted buddy, and when you have conversations, ask them to slip your name in and sort of promote you a little bit if you feel like you can't do that yourself. So if you're like, hey, you're talking about something and you're, you know, in a, you're in a topic of conversation where you know your introverted buddy is you know, really good at this whatever topic, just say, hey, James, you know, you were saying something about this to me yesterday, and then just bring them into that conversation. So always have maybe a buddy to come in initially if you're just still trying to figure out the best way to, to speak out and find um, you know your your speaking voice um, so I that generally works <laughs> you talk about something here can we talk about the importance of the, the I guess the people you surround yourself with throughout school um, I guess for both of you guys Eric and Shay were you guys want to be in a group setting and kind of do things together or were you more individual independent going through school by yourself I definitely had a cohort um, so it was probably a group of, let's say, less than 10, 10 other um, folks that, you know, we, we did assignments together, we did labs together, we did all that stuff together. Um, but in terms of the actual, like, studying and work, like, in terms of the concentrated study, it was very independent. Um, but when it comes to um, uh, working as a group, it was definitely together. Um, 
so and I find that trend that does translate into the workplace where um, you know I find very efficient work happens when I'm by myself like I could get a lot lot done really fast um, but when it comes to interacting with different groups and different teams that's a skill set that that's also equally as important um, so it's you know what I see in school, it, it does translate in terms of study habits and uh, working as teams um, into the workplace, and it's, it's very important. I think there was a, a good note that was brought up too, in that I, I think there's a lot of people that when they start out networking, they have this impression that it has to be these one-on-one -on -one interactions. And I, I think there's a big advantage if you're going, especially if you're early in your career, bring a friend when you're going out networking and the conversation doesn't drop off the same way. Um, you know your friend, they know you. Um, and if there's a lull in the conversation, one of you can throw a point in there to keep it going. Um, but it doesn't put as much pressure on the interaction as it does if you're going out there and trying to make an impact with everybody that you meet one-on-one. -on -one. I totally agree with that because yeah, have the buddy system and go and have whatever beer events there may be or dinner events together so that you're never kind of left alone in an awkward position. But the only downside is sometimes you start having too much fun with your friend <laughs> and sort of forget that you're supposed to be networking. So just keep You're just talking to your friend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just having the most like chillest conversation at the end, but like don't, don't do that all the time. Yeah. Like, try and make the effort, yeah. For sure, yeah, because it, it's, a, it's a comfortable thing, right? Because something yeah. intimidated and then you'll just start talking to your friend the whole time. Yeah being is you know even if you are an introvert at the very least be part of the conversation whatever that takes yeah if you're not talking at least you're listening you know if there's groups network groups um just just step in um step in and listen here and uh and again having a good good group of friends and i think that's so important too not only for networking purposes but why are you going through school i mean engineering can be hard right and it is hard so Another point to that is you want to surround yourself with people who are just as eager to kind of push through the challenges, who are just as willing to, you know, put up with the schedule that this university demands, the workload the university demands, um, whether it's the proper balance, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, you want to surround yourself with people who are going to help you get through the program. Uh, you can, you know, I've seen, for example, you know, you want to surround yourself with people who are constantly talking about how how they're struggling or how hard the program is or how how this should be this way and that way because that's the constant warriors that are like oh god there's like a 24 page report doing exactly days. yeah Let's just work on it together yeah I get it. Yeah. yeah that and that's and that's it's not really talked about but that's that's so powerful to to, to put yourself in that you know share you're saying you're I guess the group of people you're surrounding yourself with, we're all looking to own a piece of business or, or yeah. business. And that's so um, different than, for example, my group of friends. But could you imagine if that's something you wanted to pursue and you were not surrounded with, with, that, with that group, it would have been that much more hard in your head or that much yeah. more challenging instead of having those conversations on a daily basis with your friends and so on. So it's just so important. Yeah, I, I totally understand, like, I, I totally get your point where um, you need people to sort of push your ideas a little bit when you have that conversation. It helps solidify a lot of your thought processes, 
And then on top of that, the context in which your thoughts are created. So if it's positive, where they're pushing you to be your best self, then your outcomes are going to be positive as well. It might a bit too complicated in, in terms of the way I'm saying it, but it generally that, that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe switching the perspective and building on this a little bit. Eric, I know you've been involved in uh, recruitment activities. And Shay, you mentioned you just hired uh, a new engineer coming into your organization. So what are some of the key things you're looking for when there's new graduates or uh, young engineers that are coming in? Are you looking for them to come in with a, a certain level of technical expertise? Or is it some of the soft skills that you're, you're looking at more than um, their technical experience? Eric, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this world. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, so for for a new grad, uh, I'll be honest. Like we don't, there, there's no expectation that you know anything. And it sounds bad, but re realistically, it's um, when it comes to something industry specific. I don't think there's expectations that you know. Um, I think um, the important piece is being able to demonstrate that you can learn and that you, um, you know, you'll you'll have a positive attitude towards. Um, working um, but the biggest piece honestly is um, how do you fit and how do you like are um, like the, the soft skills side is kind of what we look for so at least what I look for I don't know what our HR looks for but I I look for um, someone who'll fit with a group who shares the common um, work like work ethic and who can demonstrate that they you know they can learn and um, uh, you know listen so um, for, for fresh out of school, again, you know, technical. It's probably so nice to hear for some lot. recent grads out so, there, Eric. You want to repeat that one more time? I'm just kidding. It's probably, it's probably a relief to hear that, right? To, to, and especially I was going to say too, it's like this day and age, I feel like any entry level job you feel unqualified for because every entry level job is requiring 10 plus five plus years of experience or, you know, in their, in their, in their job posting they all have all these requirements that most often they're looking for one or two or three or four that are going to really determine if you're in the right position or not but it's very intimidating looking at that giant list or five plus experience five plus years of experience 10 plus years and, and so to your point it's putting focus on on that stuff that that counts um shay you're going to you're going to you're going to share your take on you know hiring you, you said you hired a yeah, so I, I hired someone, not an engineer, but I hired someone to help me with marketing um, on my end. And I think the one thing, um, so the process that I took was a little uh, different, where where from, I, I remember um, applying as an engineer to like those countless jobs and getting no feedback. So I told myself, um, if I were to ever hire someone, I'm going to make sure I give every candidate some sort of tangible feedback they can take back. So I ended up interviewing, I think, about 70 applicants. And out of those uh, that reached the final stages, I made a point to give each of them feedback because I just felt, um, you know, I, I could remember myself in 2016 when I was applying for different jobs and I needed to provide that feedback. So. I made sure, you know, this time around hiring someone, I would give that feedback. Um, and the one uh, reason I hired my current um, um, employee is they had a very good um, online resume. It wasn't something that was, um, you know, the two-page resume that we see coming in for um, 
uh, in you know standard engineering practices. It might be a marketing thing. I'm not sure, but to have um, a website with information about your project, your interest, whatever that might be, really puts you um, um, ahead of a lot of the applicants that are applying for different jobs. And I, the thing is, I I am a small business, so I have the the time to you know go and look at these different things and not run it through the software. So about for large businesses, I don't know if that's ideal, um, but I think just you know having a portfolio that's online, a website that says Shea.me or something with you know your name would really help give you an edge and show your project in a very different way that's different than the traditional resume. Um, so I really look for that kind of thing when I'm hiring. Yeah. yeah you know, and you you mentioned something there, Shay. You know, I was watching a video recently about that, and then talking about the conventional. Um, job application processes, like you said, it's just a flat piece of resume. Yeah, this is what you've done, and, and and this day and age where that makes it really hard for people to get out their personality. That makes it really hard for people to start sharing their hobbies and kind of what they are in person had they been sitting in front of you. Um, so to your point, you have to gives you a cutting edge for sure if you're looking to explore these options. Kind of not just what you've done, but who are you? Who are you? And, this video was talking a lot about that it was an HR department where mm -hmm. you have to find ways to really get your personality out. And unfortunately, a lot of times it doesn't happen. But if you can do things like that, yeah, definitely gives you a and yeah, I and I understand like a lot of people, including myself. I I personally am non-existent on social media, so I don't have a Facebook, I don't have an Instagram. The only thing I have is LinkedIn because of work. Um, so I understand a lot of people that are hesitant hesitant to put anything forward that's personal and that's okay like you can have a you can have another profile and just associate it with your name and have it anonymous on you know online like any random you could be I don't know uh, pineappledeveloper.com or something like that and then just associate all your projects there and uh, connect it when you need to with an employer but online it remains anonymous so I there's always ways to sort of not be too personal and share too much information. Um, but it is very, I would say, imperative that you put all of uh, the effort to have that online presence as people, you know, look between different candidates. So, yeah. At the same time, if things shouldn't be online, take them down. Yeah. Pages, if you have high school photos and, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. It told us that in school, I think it's Eng 100 or something like that. It's like, yeah, this is time now to clean up. This is time to... As we as we look towards and hopefully there's there's an end coming to some of the lack of hiring that's happened during COVID, but it's it's going to recover at some point. And because of this sustained period where there hasn't been a lot of hiring in our industries, um, what do you think are some of the ways that young engineers can communicate their soft skills, whether it's their ability to work well on teams or to communicate well? and kind of demonstrate some, I'll call it experience, um, without necessarily having uh, project experience or um, a directly correlated job over the past, maybe it's a year, maybe it's more than that. What's some of the ways they can communicate those skills without having that? Do you think there's an opportunity to use some personal involvement or, or hobbies, or what's the right way um, to demonstrate that to potential employers? Um, I I don't know how relevant this would be, but I think um, if you're, you know, if you don't 
currently at work and you're trying to build up your soft skills area, um, be, be engaged in social media, specifically LinkedIn, in certain groups of interest that you have, where you're, you know, commenting and you're contacting people through that and you're messaging and you're staying relevant within those groups would really help showcase that you, you are still interested in being an engineer. Um, you're just waiting for the right time. Um, so I would, I personally, like I, like I said, I hate social media, but in this day and age, especially during COVID, you need to be able to adapt and push yourself a little more and be involved in those sort of situations. So yeah, just be engaged in uh, LinkedIn groups that you are interested in. Yeah, I would, I would actually um, add to that. So it's, it, it's, um, my encouragement would be to get, get involved with um, like the technical committees. So not necessarily be on the committee, but at least participate or read or, um, you know, engage in membership of, and for, for students or um, I suppose the the non-employed, I'm pretty sure there's like discounts and stuff. So the cost should be manageable. Uh, but from an electrical perspective, I think of um, an organization like IEEE. So um, International Standards Organization, which, you know, they'll publish everything. And there's so many different branches within it in your discipline um, where, you know, you get your membership and start reading papers, start reading, seeing what's current in industry, see what the issues are in industry. So you can kind of at least prepare how you think and uh, prepare. So, you know, let's say you do get a chance at an interview and, um, you know, they'll, they'll see that, hey, you're an IEEE member and you participate in whatever different working groups or committees. And then, you know, you can just speak on that, even if you don't have job experience, it's, it's self-guided, it's, um, you know, self-directing and minimal cost. And it's just something that gets you engaged in the technical community of where you think you want to be. And so it just gives you another um, uh, a step ahead, I suppose. Plus, you know, being involved in those organizations and groups kind of gives you, especially when you're going through school, kind of gives you an image of what you can expect, what's, what's happening on the outside, what are people doing in the industry, what are people talking about? Hopefully that kind of, in parallel to your theoretical knowledge, that kind of starts shaping in and what you can start expecting when you're when you're out through those doors. I know the most daunting question that I've ever received in an interview um, was what are the biggest challenges that my industry and business should be considering? Um, so if you're if you're not researching into what challenges the industry is looking at, I've got that in two interviews now. So I don't know if there's an HR handbook somewhere that that's coming out of, but uh, you, you have to be aware of what the big challenges are and questions are in the field that you want to work in. Not because you're expected to have the answer as the, the new graduate, um, but they want to know they that you're- They themselves don't have the answer. <laughs> They're just yeah. asking. <laughs> yeah. Looking for business advice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of playing on to that, I, I think there's a lot of people looking at, at COVID as a kind of a, a horror and something that they're, they have to overcome. But what do you think are some of the big opportunities that are gonna come out of COVID and come out of the recovery from COVID? Um, what I've seen in, in terms of different businesses is just the online factor has tripled. You know, your audience is no longer within Alberta. Your audience is the entire world because everybody's online, right? So that that is a great opportunity for um, if you know if you're in Alberta and you just recently graduated, but you're interested in a company in Australia, you know what? They might have remote work opportunities available. Go do it. 
right? And that way you can start interacting with these different companies at a more global scale um, because they're looking to hire remotely. Um, so it doesn't really matter where you are, you can work anywhere. So I think that's a really good um, opportunity that's come out of this. The word that comes to my mind is resilience. So um, just the ability to, to work in an environment that's different, um, but continue the work that you're doing. So um, for, for at least for me, um, I've always worked in the office. So being shifted to home was kind of a big, it's a steep learning curve. And, you know, it, it was realized um, very early because everyone took about a month to kind of get into a groove of working from home. Um, but I think one thing that I've, I've realized is everyone get everyone can adapt and everyone can um, get used to a new environment and still produce in the same way. Um, so there are, um, you know, there, there are some of the thought who, uh, where, you know, you have to be in the office to work and there's others is no, why do you have to be in the office? You can work from home. And I think it's going to turn into both. I think it'll be um, kind of a mix of the two where, us as individuals have to be very resilient in adapting to whatever situation we're put in to work and just being challenged by that I think will help you know in your in your personal career because if you can adapt to any environment and you can adapt to different situations then uh, you know it just helps you develop and um, I'm, I, I don't know where I'm going with this but it's just that resilience piece where we're forced into something and you do it no matter what. You know, another point that we were talking, we raised this question in our council um, and some other points that came about were, you know, use this time to get a hold of someone that you wouldn't have had the time to, you know, someone that wouldn't have uh, given you any time in terms of communicating some personnel in the higher up. Um, their things are a little bit quieter now and they can afford to start communicating with you, so that's a big advantage. Start looking, start establishing some, some connections. Start establishing some communication. Um, now's the time. You know, a lot of a lot of firms right now are in the restructure, if you will, uh, phase. You know, a lot of big companies are trying to figure out how to restructure to make things work, and that that could be an advantage to someone that's that's uh, coming out of school. Is that now instead of the typical hierarchy process of you know reaching the top. Now, because of this restructured, looking for you know more dynamic, more uh, recent grads who are looking to fill some certain positions. So, and that's another one that came up in our council when we raised this question. So, I thought I'd add that as well. So, maybe as we we kind of come to a close here, I, I want to ask each of you if there's kind of one nugget or one takeaway that you hope that our listeners would have, um, whether they're they're new grads or current students. What's the, the big piece that you'd hope that they'd take away from this um, and use to, to further their own careers? Eric, I'll defer to you first. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, you know, I, it, it's, it's because, um, uh, you know, I, I've been through it and it's just be humble. Um, schooling, especially engineering, it tells you to, um, you know, put yourself on a pedestal and, you know, ERTW, that's, that's, just how the, the culture in school is. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, if you remain humble in um, uh, yourself and in your career aspirations and um, just kind of go through the 
process and learn the what you get on the other side of it will be so much greater than what you think you um, you should have right now um, you know the, it's all about learning it's all about developing developing relationships and you know that's what matters in the end um, a job's a job but the relationships you build within it are so much greater and it lasts longer than the job you have so I would say be humble in your work and develop relationships and um, I, I tell you you know that's where that's where at least I find the job satisfaction is not not the work itself but the people I'm surrounded with and kind of the um, you know developing that relation those relationships my turn? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think the um, what I'd like everyone to know is the time that you have right now you might hate the fact that you have so much time but I would ask you to treasure the time because once you start getting things aligned whether it's job and work you will never have this much time again like you you would you'll wake up you know, one day saying, crap, I wish I could go back to the time when I had all of my hours of my day unplanned, where I could just figure out, you know, what I want to do and what uh, new things I was going to learn today. Um, because I think this, this time right now that you have is the best time to learn more about who you are and why you think the way you think. Um, because once you figure that out, you're going to end up having a really nice path built for you in terms of jobs or careers or whatever that might be. Um, once you know who you are, because that's sort of the biggest puzzle that you need to like solve <laughs> is who you are and why you like things. Um, and that's something I still do all the time when I'm trying to figure out my next product. It really needs to be aligned with me or else I'm not going to be able to tell anyone else to come buy it. Because if I don't care about it, why would anyone else? Right. So really uh, figure out who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what I like to it's important, yeah. Time typically you don't typically get this little break where you go from school, and then hopefully, if you're lucky, you land a job right away. And now you head down nine to five or whatever your job is, and then next thing you know, a next job, a next job, and uh, for sure, yeah, this is the time to reflect, see where your interests lie, and again, talk. Kind of going back to everything we talked about today, but you know, reach out to the those certain few people or whatnot, and kind of do whatever you can to give yourself the edge. Yeah, and if anyone wants to reach out to me that's listening to this, please feel free. I, I'm assuming um, Alex will put our information um, below. Absolutely. Yeah, for any of our listeners that have any questions about the content today, either for our, our two guests or around um, what we're doing with this podcast or NJAC in general, um, please reach out to us through either Instagram or LinkedIn, and we'll connect your questions back to our guests uh, as applicable. Um, and respond to them however we can. We're going to aspire to respond to every question we get. We'll see how popular we get. Listen to another podcast <laughs> where they said that and they got 10,000 questions in week one. I'm not sure if we're going to reach that level of uh, success with this this first episode. It's better go viral. <laughs> we're, we're certainly happy to engage with the group. So whether it's through uh, Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, reach out to us. Let us know whether you're interested in the content what questions you have and where you'd like to see this podcast go in the future. Uh, we're aspiring to uh, answer a lot of the questions that young alumni may have around uh, professional development and mentorship, um, but also give an opportunity for uh, engineering and Alberta alumni to tell their stories and share their experiences. Uh, thank you so much, Shay and Eric, for coming on today and chatting with us. I, I think there's been a lot of really interesting 
uh, discussion that's happened and a lot of great takeaways for young alumni that might be very uncertain right now and helping them understand that everybody's uncertain when they graduate. And that's not something to be concerned about. You just kind of have to work through it and uh, ride the waves as they come. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for appreciate it.